Welcome to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's your host. It's Old Walls. I'm back. Episode number 42 of Old Walls House. I'm here. I'm ready to put on a show for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I got another great episode coming your way. And I appreciate you guys as always. I appreciate all the support. Again, thank you so much. I It, it blows me away every day. So, I appreciate all you guys. Before we get going, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk housekeeping. The housekeeping. Just the, you know, the, the the little things. If you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell a family member. You guys know the deal. Let everybody know about it. Like I said, fun show coming. We got ourselves a guest. Our baseball expert, Ethan Sexton. Ethan E. Sexton. He's here for us to tell us about the World Series and kind of recap the playoffs thus far. We're going to be talking some NFL. The Packers suck. <sighs> talk some college football. We'll talk flyers. We'll talk fighting. We'll talk some golf. And then we'll get my passing thoughts. We're kind of going in that order too, gentlemen. And ladies. Hey, maybe some ladies listen to us. Probably not many. Probably not many. But hey, there could be a couple. So, that's what we're doing, so let's waste no further time, and let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, similar to Eminem, he is back, back again. It's Ethan. I don't like my nickname, Sexton, joining me here, so E, welcome back, buddy. Wally, it's a pleasure to be here, man. How are you? I'm doing great, dude. How about yourself? I, I'm, I'm great, man, especially because, uh, you know, what we're going to be talking about today with the Phillies making the uh, the World Series... Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well here. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. let's just let's just go right to that because I will say I had the Phillies game on yesterday during Sunday football. So that, that I mean that when when the Guardians got eliminated, I kind of thought to myself, eh, I may not watch. But the Phillies kept me interested. The like the atmosphere in Philly and this kind of like you know they're the Cinderella team. They sneak into the playoffs. I believe you also went to a game so. Why don't we just start there? Thoughts on your you being down there, the atmosphere, and then kind of the feeling around the Phillies in general. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. I mean, you know, uh, Philly. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't really care for for Philly fans of uh, for the various sports, and I kind of get it because I went to to college with some that I didn't really care for uh, at Bloomsburg, you know, and we've all been subject to some uh, obnoxious Philly fans in our lives. So I understand. But the one thing you got to say about Philly is it is a hell of a sports town. Uh, they love their teams, man, live and die by them. And what a freaking year, or at least like fall, like right now for mm-hmm. Philadelphia, man. I mean, the Eagles are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. The Sixers are supposed to be good, but if I uh, if I heard right, they're not playing too well to start the season. Early days, of course. The Flyers were supposed to suck, but they've been playing well, right? You know. And- yeah, they're off to a decent start. It, we'll talk later about it in the pod, but yeah, they're off to a decent start. They got off. They were undefeated through three games and just beat Tampa Bay this past week. One of the you know they didn't win last year's Stanley Cup, but the two previous. So yeah, Philly sports on fire. I just looked yeah. it up. I, I had heard the Sixers were doing not well. 
yeah, they're 0-3, so they might need to fix some things there. Yeah, but I get my understanding of the NBA is, you know, who cares if you, as long as you can get it figured out, and they've got the pieces, right? So they should end up being pretty good. I mean, even their MLS team, the Philadelphia Union, are in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, on Sunday, so they're almost to the finals of the, their playoffs as well. And then, of course, the Phillies making the World Series. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been insane, man. Um one of the more improbable World Series runs that I can think of, honestly. I mean, they sneak in as the final wild card. They're only in the playoffs because the wild card expands to six teams in each league this year. Uh, they get past the Cardinals, which I, I gave them credit that they could do because in a three-game series, they got two aces, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. They squeeze past the Cardinals. I didn't think we would beat the Braves, man. Uh, so when we beat the Braves, I was like, holy, you know, this is – incredible like I, I can't believe we beat the Braves and we're in the National League final uh con- the conference uh National League championship series there we go I'll get it right <laughs> uh and then you know we kind of got a gift because the Padres snuck by the Dodgers uh the Dodgers you know 111 wins or whatever they had and the Padres took them down in five games and then I was I was feeling sort of confident honestly because I thought we could beat the Padres I, I didn't know for sure that we would but man Came out, took care of business in five games. It's incredible, man. And, you know, like you said, I got, was fortunate enough to go down to the game on Friday night, game three, and uh, took care of business four to two. And the atmosphere was just incredible, man. I mean, packed stadium, everybody's on their feet cheering. It's just, you know, playoff sports, you really can't beat it. Yeah. And I, I kind of, and I'm not, this is an original thought. The uh, Ross Tucker, who filled it for Dan Patrick, said this. He's like, is there a sport that's any, more different playoffs to regular season than baseball is. Yeah, I think that's a great point because, you know, we've talked about this the other times I've been on. The season is so long, man. You're not going to get sellouts at every single game, you know, people on their feet the entire game, you know, big moments in the regular season. But once that switch flips to the playoffs, I mean, people are into it. They're ready, man. I mean, people were standing up as soon as, you know, Phillies pitchers got two strikes on hitters and stuff like that, like, you know, going nuts. So, yeah, the atmospheres are, are pretty pretty night and day, you know. I mean, you do have some big regular season series, divisional matchups, that kind of thing, but you just play so many games that it's really – you're not going to replicate that playoff atmosphere during the regular season. And and it was nuts, man. I mean, you've seen it in all these stadiums, really. The, the crowds, they, they bring it, but Philly especially. Yeah, Philly I feel like has been on a little bit different level. So – They've got, uh, you know, they're matched up against the Cheaters, the Houston Astros. <laughs> they, uh, Houston has not lost the game in these playoffs. What, uh, what's kind of, you know, they, they buzzed right through Seattle. And then I think probably the most surprising thing was not that they beat the Yankees, but that they just steamrolled them. And what what kind of your takeaway coming out of that series? Yeah, the Yankees just couldn't hit, man. Um you know, I, I think last time we talked, I think a ri- the first time I was on the pod, I said I thought maybe the Yankees could win the World Series. And then last time I was on, I think I actually nailed the American League side where, you know, we had Cleveland and Seattle getting mm-hmm. through the wild card rounds and then uh, losing in the division series to the Yankees and Astros. And then uh, this the second time I was on, I picked the Astros to get through. Uh, the Astros are just a complete team, man. And uh the Yankees, you know, they're they're a really good team. They played pretty well all season. They slumped there in the second half pretty bad, but then they got things right. Uh, they, they have some holes that the Astros just don't, man. And, and the worst thing about the Astros cheating scandal, honestly, man, is they're just such a damn good team. It's like you didn't even really need to cheat to reach such heights. 
you know, it just, it's obviously a, a horrible look for them. And, you know, uh, I welcome all the bandwagon Phillies fans for this series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause if you're not an Astros fan, I think you're probably rooting for the Phillies here. Even if maybe, maybe not if you're like a Mets fan, but I don't know. I was going to say this probably is going to be the most like, you know, of the, when you have the undecided fans, this will be the most undecided fans that ever go towards a Philly team. Probably. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right about that, man. And it's gonna be tough. I mean, the the Astros are just a complete team. Like I said, man. I mean, great lineup. You got stars. You know, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. They got this rookie shortstop, Jeremy Pena, who they let Carlos Correa walk so that this kid could play, and he's been arguably their best hitter this playoffs, man. I mean, he's been incredible. And then you got a pitching staff one to five that's lights out. Verlander at the top might win the Cy Young. Uh, back end of the bullpen is nasty. I mean, they're they're the most complete team where, you know, if you look at the Phillies, the thing that gives me hope about the Phillies is we still have three really good pitchers, two studs in Wheeler and Nola. Nola didn't pitch great against the Padres, but he's got it in him to be great. So you have confidence in those two guys. Ranger Suarez is their third guy. Good, solid option. Pitched really well in his start uh, Friday night that I was at and came in and closed it out yesterday. I actually got the final out of the game. So, you know, we've got guys there. The lineup, I think, can hit anybody and is red hot. I mean, that's why they're in this position, man, is this lineup is full of veteran hitters, guys with tons of experience for the most part. Uh, they do have some younger guys, you know, uh, uh, with uh, Bryson Stott playing shortstop and stuff. But for the most part, this is a veteran-laden lineup that can hit anybody when they're on and right now they're on and it's carried them through the playoffs. So that's been the the key thing. So, you know, yes, Houston is the better team on paper and they have these horses in their starting rotation and bullpen, but the way the Phillies are hitting, man, I, I at least have faith. I'm not going to come out and say, yeah, we're going to smash them. I, I think we're going to take the series, no doubt, but uh, I do have faith that these guys can step up like they have all playoffs and, and get after Houston's pitching staff a little bit. So should be a fun series, man. I mean, the Astros are looking like a juggernaut. It's going to be really tough for the Phillies. But but I do think, you know, we can at worst give them a run for their money, you know. so. Yep. Yeah, and looking at the, the schedule, first game not till Friday because both of these series got over really quick and can't really reschedule the World Series start day, I don't think. So both pitching staffs going to be fully rested. I'm just quick trying to do the math on the games. It looks like if I, I'm doing my math correctly, you only each team's only going to need to go three deep. Am I am I reading that right? As far as the starting pitchers, you mean? Yeah. I well, they might have to use a fourth starter. It depends on what they want to do because yeah. you know we'll see Verlander and Wheeler in game one, and then there's a a, a second game a day off yep. and a third game. So if they want to bring those guys back on three days rest, they could uh, for game four. Although it more, most likely, especially if the team's up, you know, a couple games or something like that, you're going to see those guys wait and just pitch on regular rest in like a game five or something. Now, if the series is on the line, if one of these teams comes out and wins the first three games and your back's against the wall, maybe you try to throw your ace on three days rest, to, you know, because what other choice do you have? Mm-hmm. But barring that, I think we probably will see fourth starters, uh, which definitely advantage uh, Houston there. The Phillies have done all right. You know, Noah Syndergaard's actually been pretty solid for them. They started this guy Bailey Falter the other night, though, and uh, it didn't go too well for him in game four on Saturday. Uh, But the Phillies came back with their offense and won that. Um, 
So advantage to the Astros if it goes, you know, with the fourth starter and stuff. But uh, both teams pretty good at the top of their rotations. And, uh, you know, it should be, should be a really good series, really fun. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I, I'm a little, like, disappointed that, I, like, I have to wait till Friday. It Same, like, man. Same. It's, like, it's hot right now. It's, like, man, I just want to, you know, baseball, it's, like, game, next game, next game, so fast. It's, like, I just want it right now so I can, like, keep the momentum. Yeah. Not, I, there's nothing on TV on Friday nights, though, so this will be perfect thing to kind of kick back, have a, have a beer, and watch some baseball Friday night when nothing else is going on, though. Yeah, for sure. And I think MLB was kind of conscious of that fact because if you look at the schedule, they're playing Friday and Saturday, and then they have a day off Sunday, and they play Monday night. So you're only competing with football one of those nights, right? <laughs> I mean, you have college football on Saturdays, of course. I don't I don't know if there's any big games this coming Saturday for the college ranks at night. Uh, but other than that, you know, you're not competing with the NFL except for uh, Monday night. Uh, because other than that, you know, even the second off day in the series is the next Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they're 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 kind of smart because you don't want to go head to head with the NFL. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I like I, I like that they did that, and that it's not going to have to be a choice to which one to watch. So there were a couple things that I had to get uh, your reaction to. I got a uh, on the text line, the old Walls House text line, uh, past episode contributor Troy Gordon, T man, T man, he texted in. Bryce uh, Bryce Harper has a helicopter dick. He sent that to me right after the uh, the home run at the bottom of the eighth the other day. So uh, just your thoughts on uh, Bryce Harper helicopter dick theory and that entire sequence. Yeah, uh, I, I might stay away from the dick comment, but uh, <laughs> I'll give you my, you know, T-Man was excited. I like the passion. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all good with that text, but uh yeah, Harper, I mean, you want your you want your studs to step up in the playoffs, right? And that's all he's done. He's hitting over 400 with five home runs is in the playoffs. And, you know, he was coming into the playoffs kind of slumping because he had just come back from injury not too long before the end of the regular season. He's just been on fire in the playoffs, man. And, you know, you give the guy a 13-year deal. He wanted to be there. He doesn't, he doesn't have any opt-outs in his contract. He wanted to sign a long-term deal wherever he was going, and he wanted to make it his home. And he's really embraced the city, man. The city has embraced him. He's obviously a stud player. And, you know, when he hit that home run, man, it's just one of those moments that gives you goosebumps, you know, like uh, it just, it was incredible. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that Bob Melvin, the Padres manager, didn't bring Josh Hader in to face him because he's their left-handed closer. I, I can't believe that he didn't bring him in. But, you know, once once it, he, he left the right-hander in to face Harper with a runner on base, as the go-ahead run, it just felt kind of like uh, it, it was destiny, man. And uh, just a really cool thing that happened. And, uh, you know, that's that's what you need is your studs to step up. And he's definitely done that. And I know he rubs some people the wrong way, but I can assure you, if he's on your team, you love the guy, man. I love the way he plays. So uh, I got nothing bad to say about him. And uh, it's, it's been awesome to watch him in these playoffs. When did Harper come into the league? His rookie season was 2013. When he was 19. Yeah. So, okay. So I was living in DC at the time and I went to quite a few games. I was like, I think I was there for like early Bryce Harper. Cause I think I went to like 10 or 12 uh, national. Yeah. Teams. I, I want to correct myself. It was 2012. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so yeah, two, I been... 2012, he made his debut at, uh, at 19. So, and then he spent six years with the nationals before signing with the Phillies in 2019. So yeah, yeah but you were, him... you were there. So. Yeah, it would have been tail end of the 2013 season, the start of the 2014 season. Probably went to like 10 or 12 games. And like you said, 
totally different atmosphere of like a regular season baseball game. You're kind of hanging out. You'll go get a hot dog. You'll go get a beer and like, you know, oh, we'll walk over there. and We'll just stand out in this, this part of the stadium, just get a different view for a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you, you really can't beat it. It's, you know, everybody talks about how it's, you know, going to uh, like a hockey game is way better than watching on TV or like stuff like that. And, you know, same for playoff baseball. I mean, you can get the atmosphere through the TV. You can see the crowds. I think football or I think baseball is great in that regard because you get to see a lot of the crowd. Right. Like football, mm-hmm. you really never see the crowd. Um, yeah. So you can get the atmosphere through the TV a bit. But, man, when, when you're there in person, it's just a whole different animal. And it was crazy, man. Like there were so many people there. Like it's funny to think about like the county that we grew up in in, in uh, Pennsylvania, right? Bradford County. Like there was almost the same amount of people that live in the county at that game Friday night. Like I always think that's funny to think about. Like there's like forty five thousand people there, and we've got like sixty thousand in the entire county. So it's just funny, man. But yeah, the the Philly fans they showed up, man, and what a time for them to to be fans of their sports teams, and uh, they're you know they're a passionate fan base, and they love you when you're you're winning. And uh, man, it's it's just they've they've crushed it this playoffs. It's been a lot of fun to watch. I agree. I like I said, I thought I was going to be totally out of it when Cleveland lost, but I'm not. I'm rooting for the Phillies. I would say the only concern about Philly winning, um, I saw a, a tweet about this. I don't know if these are every Phillies World Series wins, but at least three of them. They won in 1929, 1980, and 2008. All uh, severe uh, recession, depression, economic crashes. So, uh, Oh, you know, hopefully, if they win, we could avoid that to go with it. That might be the only pause to well, uh, rooting for Philly. Yeah, I got you, man. In, in fairness, though, you know, the 1929 World Series, it was at least the Philadelphia Athletics, so it wasn't the Phillies. Okay, okay. So we maybe there, maybe we off. can weasel our way into a little hope there. But, yeah, 80 and – 80 in 2008, you're definitely right. So, but I'll, I'll leave the political talk to you, man. So I won't even, you know, <laughs> I won't say anything too much. But yeah, hopefully we avoid the recession. Although, would I take a Phillies World Series for the recession? Uh, I, yeah, maybe not. I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you had to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's at least in the realm of uh, consciousness, I guess. So we'll see. Uh, this is one thing I wanted to ask you. I, sure. And this is kind of in the playoffs in general. There was a lot of kind of like talk, especially after like the Mets, the Braves, and then the Dodgers all got eliminated. It was pretty chalky over on the AL side. But after the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Braves got eliminated, there was a lot of this like, well, what do we even play the regular season for? Like all these 100-win teams are getting eliminated. It's like the 87-win Phillies, and I don't think the Padres had a ton of wins either throughout the year like just kind of thoughts on that because i think we had spoke that we kind of liked the idea of the little the expanded playoffs the last couple times we talked yeah i definitely like it and it's not just because the phillies got in as the sixth seed and are now in the world series i mean i i liked it before the playoffs even started you know first time we talked uh you know i I just like the format i like the extra series all that good stuff i think that was just something like talking heads wanted to talk about on radio shows and stuff you know what i mean (laughs) I mean, it sort of got dispelled because, yes, the Braves and the Dodgers got beat after they had to wait uh, a series, but the Astros and Yankees won. So, you know, half of the team still advanced that had to wait for the wild card series to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's definitely pluses and minus minuses to it. I mean, if you're waiting, you get to set your pitching staff up exactly how you want it. So you've got your aces going game one, 
Pollock two, three, you know, you're set up you're with your pitching staff how you want, whereas the wild card winners, you know, maybe have to throw their third or fourth starter in game one of the division series. So yep. that's a bonus for the teams who had to rest. Now, on the flip side, though, is waiting five days or whatever it was without facing major league hitting good for hitters, uh, major league pitching good for hitters. I, I don't think that's a good thing. But I think it was just kind of one of those te- things that, you know, sports radio want to bring up and be like, uh, you know, use it kind of as an excuse or whatever. But, you know, I, I kind of get it because it is like, OK, we the Dodgers, especially like won 111 games or whatever. And, uh, you know, got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, what are you going to do? I, I don't know what the fix is for that unless you let eight teams in and then you know, everybody plays a, a best of best of three into a best of five into a best of seven. I mean, may, that's really the only way you can fix it. And then you're bringing in over half the teams in the, in the, in major league baseball into the playoffs. So I don't know if I love that either, but you know, I, does it have an effect on hitting, not seeing major league pitching for five days or whatever? Probably, but you also get to set your pitching staff up. So I don't buy into it too much. And I think it kind of got dispelled after the Astros in, yeah and Yankees made it through to the championship series. Yep. Well, that's that's pretty much all I got for you. I, I guess we'll have to leave you on this. What do you got, Phillies and six? I was I was thinking because I knew you were going to ask me, and that's what I was going to say, Phillies and six. You know, uh, the, the Astros, is gonna be, it's going to be tough, man, and uh, no small feat if the Phillies can get by them. But the way they're playing, I, I got to have some confidence, man. So should be a fun series. I hope they can get it done, take down the Astros. Uh, and win the win the third World Series in Phillies history, man. It'd be it'd be crazy and really a, a very improbable uh, World Series title, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, I love it. Well, we're gonna leave it on that. Phillies and six. E, thanks for joining us again. Our uh, our resident baseball expert. Uh, much appreciated. You got it, buddy. And you know, next month I look forward to talking to you about the World Cup. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks, E. Now, originally, in my notes for the show, I wrote down, I don't know what to say about the Packers anymore. And as I as I get to this point, as I'm recording this, it's not that I don't know what to say so much. Because I know I'm, I got things to say. And I'm going to say them, and I know what I want to say. I don't know if I know what to think, if I know how to feel. There was some promise coming into the season, despite the fact that Devontae Adams left, it felt like the defense was there. But this just feels like a total and absolute debacle in Green Bay. Three and four now. Drop a win to the... Drop a, drop a game to the Washington Commanders, led by Taylor Heineke. After going up 14-3 early in the second quarter. And just looking like an absolute disaster. I don't know where the Packers go from here. Because the offensive roster is terrible. The receivers are not good. A.J. Dillon has regressed. Rodgers is playing like dog shit outside of like the last 10 minutes. Yesterday, he's not looked good. Now we can talk about whether or not that's because the pieces around him are not good or if they're not utilizing their pieces in any way that makes it capable for them. 
But like, what are we doing here? Three and four. And I guess, you know, before we even talk about the game yesterday, just looking forward, they're three and four now. What does it look like going forward? Not good is the answer. Not good. So till the bye week, they have six more games. They play at the Bills on Sunday night. That's a 10.5-point spread, and by God, I bet you it gets bigger. Then they go to the Lions. Should be a winnable game. They're going to get boat raced by the Bills. Absolutely destroyed, I think. They can win the game at the Lions. They have the Cowboys coming to town after that. Um, Don't know about you, but I don't really see that game as winnable. The Titans... Come on Thursday night, or after, right after the Cowboys. That's Derrick Henry. We're going to stop Derrick Henry running. Can't stop anybody on the run. We're going to stop Derrick Henry. Then they got the Eagles in Philly. They're, you know, if not the best team in football, right there. You got to go to Philly? To Philly. Okay. Good luck. Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. And then in Chicago against the Bears. In those six games, I see two wins. The Bears and the Lions. And God knows, they could probably figure out ways to lose those games too. So going into the bye week, that would make them 5-8. and eight. I don't know how this team makes the playoffs. I don't. I don't know how this team makes the playoffs. And if we talk about, you know, unless they fundamentally change something they're doing. Rodgers, at one point in the game, was averaging two air yards on his passes. So he's throwing the ball two yards in the air, and then anything else was how he's kicking up yards. He didn't even have, I think he had 40 yards of passing in the first half. Romeo Dobbs can't catch a fucking cold. Just bricks, bricks for hands. The... The receivers are terrible, and so this was the run-pass split. 12 runs, 35 passes. In a game, they were leading for large percentages of. This isn't like they were down all game and had to run, 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 run. I mean, pass, 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 pass. Sorry, excuse me. They got down eventually, yes. But it wasn't until the third quarter... 12 runs. They only gave Aaron Jones 8 rushing attempts. 4 for A.J. Dillon. Now, Jones did get 9 pass attempts. That's 17 touches. Again, I still think he's got to be getting 20 to 25. He was also the leading receiver. Which is fantastic. Most catches uh, did not have the most yards. He had got sniped on most yards by a couple yards. Big deal. Yeah, Lazard had two more yards than him. And then the defense, they're just on the field constantly because the offense can't put a, together a drive. So they just get they just start wearing down. It's, it's unbelievable. And if you look who the Packers have lost to this year, it's not like they've been running up against juggernauts. 
I mean, the Giants are playing good football, and the Jets apparently are too. But the Commanders, the Bucks are terrible. So here are the quarterbacks they've lost to. Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, and then Kirk Cousins. On the other end, here's the quarterbacks they've beat. Bailey Zappi, who they barely beat. Justin Fields, they actually look decent in that game, but the Bears kind of stink. And then a train wreck of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, as are still a train wreck, were even more of a train wreck in that week because they had everybody out. I I mean, Sunday night football is going to be bad. It's going to be just an absolute bloodbath. Is it time to rebuild? Like, are we there? We might be there. Like, I, I, this team's going to make the playoffs? Then we talked about two the bye week. Coming out of the bye week, they got the Rams there. Who knows, though? Maybe they're dicey. Then the Dolphins, they got a good win last night. The Vikings, we know how that went. And then the Lions again. So maybe two and two out of that. So if they're five and eight going into the bye week and go two and two, you guys want me to do math again? That's seven and ten. That ain't doing it. Is it time to just blow this thing up? Might be. Might be time. Might be time. Blow it up. Trade Rodgers. Send him to Pittsburgh. Get something back. Who knows? Talking about going to get Chase Claypool. There is... I don't know. I guess I'll hold out hope that they beat the Bills and all of a sudden the season turns around. But still, they're going to have to win a shitload of games to make the playoffs at 3-4 and still. I don't know. I'm a defeated man. I'm a defeated man when it comes to the Packers. <sighs> Speaking of defeat, 49ers took a defeat yesterday. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Jimmy G, maybe it wasn't a good thing that they had Jimmy G. He sucks. Maybe he just sucks. They did uh they did trade for McCaffrey. Lot of lot of options there. Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey. Lot of options for them. But yeah, they got routed. We should probably stop Sleeping on the Chiefs, man. I, I I don't know that we do it on purpose. It's just they've kind of been good for a while. But, man, they are really good at regular season football. That's for sure. Five and two now. Leading the AFC West. Just, just trucking right along. Speaking of the AFC West, the Chargers fall to the Seahawks. Fall to the Seahawks. So the Seahawks four and three. The Chargers four and three. Seahawks take the lead in the NFC West. Rams were off this week. 49ers and Cardinals right there. That's a tight division. But yeah, the Chargers, they had... Hang on. I had a picture of this. I know right where it is. I cannot... This is who the Chargers had out this week. Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Rashawn Slater, J.C. Jackson, Jalen Guten, Joshua Palmer, Donald Parham, Joshua Kelly, and then Herbert was playing with a rib cartilage injury. So, yeah, tough loss to the Seahawks, but they are not healthy. If they can get healthy, still kind of look out there. I said the, the Bucks not good. The Panthers just put a beating on them. Would Tom Brady go back to retirement right now if he could? Just kind of be like, yeah, I made, maybe I made the right decision. He, I mean, granted, Mike Evans is dropping wide open touchdowns for him. Wide open. But yeah, not good there. 
Things where it is good. New York, the Jets, and the Giants. Both won four in a row. row. How about that? Problem is, the Jets are in a tough division. They got the Bills and the Dolphins. Patriots play tonight. That game sounds just appetizing, doesn't it? Who do they play? I've I've lost the, the schedule. The Bears. Yeah, what a game. Patriots, Bears. That should be a real slobber knocker. Uh, Dak. Dak was back. They were on a tight one with the Lions for a while. So I don't know if the Packers can beat the Lions. But yeah, Dak's back. Looks all right. They'll, uh, he'll kind of get warm and they'll figure it out and they'll keep on trucking. I think they're, they're a team to watch. The NFC East is a, is a tough division, man. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. All three of those teams could make the playoffs. Bengals got back above 500 after a tough start for the year to them. They're, uh, you know, they're tied with the Ravens. It's going to be them and the Ravens in that division. So, you know, after going 0-2 for their last five with dropping one to the Ravens, they got the Browns Monday Night Football next week. So, winnable game. Winnable game. Browns took the Ravens to the brink. The Ravens try and lose games in the fourth quarter anymore. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. So, yeah, that's about all I got NFL-wise. A little bit slower week. The buys have started, so not as many games. I'm depressed. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how I feel next next week. Probably probably not better. I'm not. I doubt I feel better, unless the Packers beat the Bills, and then holy shit, maybe I'll feel re- really good. But I doubt it. I doubt it. So we'll get that uh, Monday Night Football update tossed in right after this, and we'll keep on trucking. What's up, Wally? It's MJ. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I was on. Uh, a couple things here. First of all, the city of Philadelphia. No, I'm not a big hater of anybody, but the whole Philadelphia scene right now being good at all sports. I think that's why I got this cold. I think it's just, it's kind of making me sick a little bit, you know, Phillies in the world series, Eagles undefeated, the flyers. I like the flyers, but they're kind of, you know, off to a hot start as well. But the main thing I was going to tell everybody is is this finally the turning of the guard a little bit? Like the we're turning a corner away from Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and even Matt Ryan being benched today. Um, you know, are are we finally turning the corner where these quarterbacks are no longer the A plus guys in the NFL? Have a good day, everybody. MJ gone. MJ, some fantastic, fantastic questions asked there about the quarterbacks. As we talked about a little with E Philadelphia on fire sports wise, so yeah, you may just have to eat that one for for a little while here yet. But yeah, I want to address. You know, we talked NFL just a second ago, and I'll probably put the Monday Night Football segment after this. Even let's just do that. We're gonna roll with that. But yeah, I think not only are we on, you know, we're turning the curve with those guys. I think we're around the curve and we're on the backstretch now. Matt Ryan. Old, you know, we just lost Philip Rivers the year before. Rogers looking older. Tom Brady looking older. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a whole new wave of guys that are the dudes at quarterback. It's your Pat Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. It's Lamar Jackson. Uh, Justin Herbert. You know, I think we're yeah. I think it's a totally new era. And you know, uh, maybe add Jalen Hurts to that while we're on it. You know, he's got the Eagles out to six and zero. So yeah, it's, I think it's a new era. I think we've turned the corner. 
we're beyond the corner, we're on the, the back stretch, and it's totally different. But yeah, I think those guys are gone, and I think there's even, you know, some of the guys like the the Carson Wentz's and the Tua's and the Nick Foles and 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 that's type. They're you know the Foles is gone, Carson Wentz is struggling, Tua's doing all right, but you know that kind of that kind of age range. So yeah, in in a roundabout way, yes, I am saying yes to your answer, MJ. Good to have you back. Hopefully you uh, you kick that sickness because uh, you might just have to deal with it because Philly might be good at some sports here for a little bit. Monday, Monday night football. It was Bailey Zappi time. For a hot second, Bailey Zappi came off the bench and was slinging it, and it looked like he was going to lead the Patriots back to the promised land. And nope, nope, just didn't happen. <laughs> the, uh, the Bears route him. Both teams go to three and four. Uh, the Bears lead 20 to 14 at halftime. Looked like we had ourselves a game. And then we got to the third quarter. I started snoozing as the game got, uh, you know, a field goal happy. David Montgomery ended up scoring a touchdown in the fourth to really put it away. So, hey, it it, it was a fun game for the first half. I will give it that. So, it it, it, it which is all it needed to be for me because I don't usually make the second half of Monday night games. I'm going to be honest with you. So, it was a fun game for the first half. Seems to be some quarterback controversy up in New England. Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it Mac Jones? Who knows? You know. As we were just talking about with MJ, we're, we're in a different era of quarterbacks. These are two young guys that they're going to try and figure out if they're going to be a part of it. So let's look ahead to week eight, see if I like any games. Uh, we talked before the Bills giving 10.5, lay those points, take the Bills. Ravens Bucks Thursday night. Interesting game. Interesting game. Uh, Ravens 4 and 3, Bucks 3 and 4. Kind of a, a must win for the Bucks. Be interesting. There are uh, two point. This, see, this is all the rules in the world. They are the home dog in prime time, and you never bet against the goat. Everything says you should take Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but are they still that good? Ooh, ooh Dolphins minus three at the Lions. I like that one. Here's an interesting one: Patriots minus two at the Jets. Are the Jets getting a little disrespect? Maybe. Eagles are giving the Steelers 10. Is there any value in the Steelers getting 10 points? Don't know. Don't know about that one. 49ers Rams in the afternoon slot. Giants getting three in Seattle. Stay away from that one. The Colts and Commanders with the newly benched Matt Ryan. Not a lot of not a lot of picks I love. I like Bills minus ten and a half. Lions uh sorry, Dolphins minus three. And I like the Jets plus two at home. And then toss in Tampa Bay plus two at home as well. There you go. There's a four pack of picks for you. How about it? College football time. Alright, let's start with Clarkie's Corner. Clarkie's Corner from last week. He had Mississippi State getting 21 points against Alabama. That was the only game I differed with him on. Alabama wins 30-26. He liked Oklahoma State getting six against Texas. They went out right. He liked Ohio getting two and a half against Northern Illinois. They also went out right. And then we went BYU getting six, giving six and a half against Liberty. Uh, so two and two for Clarkie. 
three and one for all walls. I forgot to look at the records. I have to do that on the fly. Bear with me. Went too far back. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on. So I was 19, 12, and 1. If I'm 3 and 1, that moves me to 22, 13, and 1. 22, 13, and 1. Okay. Okay. 22, 13, and 1. And Clark, he was 2 and 2 at 15, 16, and 1. So he goes to 17, 18, and 1. All right. This week, this week, he likes Florida getting 22 and a half. Heading to Georgia, I'm going the opposite. I'm taking Georgia. There's not enough points there that Georgia has to give. I think they can win by four touchdowns. They've just they've just been winning a lot and by a lot. Uh, Wake Forest minus four with, against Louisville. I'll roll with Wake. Oklahoma minus one and a half versus Iowa State. I will differ again and go Iowa State. I think Oklahoma's kind of messed up within itself. And then Miami of Ohio, minus 8.5, versus Akron. I'll roll with that. And he also said, keep your eye on Kentucky and Tennessee for a little bit of upset. Kentucky to upset Tennessee. Keep an eye, watch on that. So maybe maybe sprinkle that. Just sprinkle that. College football this week. Penn State, off to a slow start. And they were down 3-0 three, three after the first quarter. I was letting the Fire Franklin tax go. They ended up uh, turning it around. They, uh, what they end up scoring like 30 points in the third quarter or something like that? Let me double check that here. Oh, 21. They scored 38 points in the second and third quarter. So really, really put them on them in that, those two middle quarters there. Uh, the whiteout game. So cool. Been to a, been to a few in my life. I think I've been to, went to four, four in a row. One was a day game though, which sucked and got smashed as well. Went to, Ohio State in 14, that was a double overtime. Penn State almost won that. They were terrible. 15, they got smashed by Michigan. 16 was the blocked field goal against Ohio State the, you know, the year they won the Big Ten title. That was cool. No, no expectations going into that one. And then 17, uh, drove to Penn State the night all the way through the middle of the night to get there to tailgate all day for them to absolutely smash Michigan. And then choke the next week against Ohio State. And they choked the game against Michigan State later in the year to ruin their chances on another Big Ten title. So, you know, fun stuff. Fun stuff. But whiteout games are sweet. It's too bad that going forward, it looks like a lot of them are going to be not against the biggest games. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work with the new Big Ten TV agreement. Because CBS is also involved as well as NBC. Maybe NBC is going to want some of those night games, and they'll want some big games for that. But if, if Fox gets first pick, they're going to put them all in their big noon slot. And I, it seems to be Fox is going to do the noon game. CBS will do the you know their three thirty, and then maybe NBC picks up a night game, and hopefully they can keep some night games. So you know the Michigans and the Ohio States or whoever else is good that year get to, get to go to a whiteout game. Next week, Penn State at home. 16-point dog against Ohio State. I saw that line. I was like, oh, God, take Ohio State. And I've seen some articles like, Ohio State's only giving 16. Like, that's a joke. And that was my initial thought as well. The line I actually see is it's moved to 15 and a half. So, who knows? Who knows? I like uh, Ohio State big in that one. What else we got around? Cuse. Cuse was hanging around. They were winning. 
They were beating Clemson. Cuse was beating Clemson, and then they just fell apart. They were up seven. They gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, 17 points in the fourth quarter. That was a tough one. Oregon handled UCLA. Bo Nix dealing. Oklahoma State, big comeback. 14 points in the fourth quarter against Texas. Fun stat for Steve Sharkeesian. He's now 10-10 and 10 as the head coach at Texas. Half of his losses, so five of his 10 losses, have been when Texas had a double-digit lead in the second half. A double-digit lead in the second half. That is crazy. Crazy. We talked about Bama and Clarkie's corner. They bounce back, handle Ole Miss, no problem. TCU remains undefeated. TCU, keep your eyes on TCU, ladies and gentlemen. They are undefeated, number seven in the country. There are still six undefeated teams. Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, and TCU. Ohio State and Michigan will obviously take care of each other. The Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama, do any of them play each other? Let's look real quick. Ooh, next week we get Georgia, Tennessee. What a what a game. What a game. Bama does not play anybody else the rest of the year until until the title game, it appears. Um, fun games this week. Keep your eye on, like I said, Penn State, Ohio State. I don't know how fun that's going to be. It's a, it's a high-ranked matchup. That'll be the uh, the big new game. Notre Dame versus Syracuse. Can Cuse back back, bounce back? Oklahoma State and Kansas State. That's a couple of uh, ranked teams down in the Big 12. Florida and Georgia. Florida going to Georgia. Keep something to keep an eye on. I don't, I don't think it's going to be too close, but you never know. You never know. And then Kentucky and Tennessee. Clarky thinks you need to sprinkle it. So, all right, that's what we got. That's what we got for college football. Let's uh, let's have a good. Let's have another week in college football. Hockey time, Flyers time, the Philadelphia Flyers. A lot of games. Four games since we last spoke. Two and two, two and two. Now going into this stretch of games, if I looked at it and told and was told the Flyers went two and two, I'd say you know what? That's not a bad result. Not a bad result at all. Now. The way they got to 2-2, two and two, interesting, very interesting. So, big win, big win to kick the week off. They take out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Big comeback, two goals in the third. Big win over some, uh, some recent Stanley Cup uh, champions. But the way they do it, they get outshot 38-24. to 24. Very interesting. Great goaltending by Carter Hart. Drop their next game to the Florida Panthers again. That that's reasonable. Panthers were, you know, one of the best record, if not the best record in the league last year. Expected to be good this year. Close up the gap a little bit, but still again, still get outshot. 32 to 37 to 32. Lose four to three. Again, not bad. I accept it. Pick up a nice win over the Preds. But the the theme continues. Again, outshot. This time, 32-25 to 25 as they win 3-1. Now, that was the game that you looked at the schedule and you're like, Ooh, they could, this is a winnable game. This is a game they could and should win if they're going to be better. They do their job. So, 
this is where it gets disappointing. And I got a text from uh, from T-Man. Troy Gordon texted in. He said, Flyers showing their true colors. 3-0 loss. They suck. Yeah, a 3-0 loss to the San Jose Sharks. Not good. Not good at all. That one, that one was disappointing, man. Like, that's a game. The, the Sharks aren't great. They haven't been good this year either so far. They're 2-6. and six, So, just their second win of the year. So, not fun there. Not a fun way to lose. What's weird is, I, I didn't watch the third period because I was watching Hot D. We'll get to that later. Don't worry. But in the first period, for sure. And even in the second, a little bit. But definitely the first, probably half of the second. It felt like they were playing better, playing one of their better games. They actually outshot the Sharks. First time this week, 30-25. to 25. And, you know, they gave up the one goal in the middle of the, the second period and then one right at the end that really, ugh, really something. And then the last one was empty netter. So that one was a disappointing loss to lose to the Sharks. Felt like you could have come out of the week 3-1, been in the lead in their division. But now they're uh, they're one back. So now, now we're going to find out, I guess. We'll find out a lot more about what they're going to be, how they're going to be going forward. They got two games this week. Panthers, this time at home. So we'll see if they can get a little revenge. And then Saturday they got the Hurricanes. Two good teams. Two good teams. Got to find a way to go one and one, I think. Got to find a way to go one and one. So, so yeah. Uh, but again, Ben, I love having hockey back. Love having, you know, just a game on a Tuesday night. Just something to watch. Perfect. Perfect stuff. So hopefully the Flyers keep it up. Hopefully they can stay above 500. Just see, see how that feels. Try it out. Play a little game I like to call just a tip. You know, just see how it feels. Fight time. UFC 280. Let's talk UFC 280. See how many names I can butcher again here. You know, I'm really good at that. So, I didn't see the first couple fights. Had some plans. This was a an afternoon card. So, started at, you know, 1 o'clock here in the central time zone. Caught the last three fights. Man, was that Sugar Sean O'Malley and Peter Yan fight. Or Piotr. Piotr, I believe is how you correctly pronounce it. Piotr Yan. What a fight. Blood and guts. and People take downs from Peter Yan and... Strikes from Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley actually went for a takedown himself. Good fight. Close fight. I think that fight could have gone either way. Uh, that That's, man, what a fun fight. Just was a fun-ass fight. And what exactly what you look for. Aljamain Sterling takes down TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw, what, a, what an absolute fucking nutcase, psycho, warrior, whatever you want to call it. His shoulders like popped out, you know, a couple times in that fight, and they popped it back in in the, in the, you know, in the corner, just trying to gut it out, but just couldn't. And, and Sterling just took advantage and, and did what he was supposed to. And then the main event: Charles Oliveira, the dude who's looked like an absolute killer for the last couple years. He gets mauled, absolutely mauled. By Makachev. Just takes it to him. Gets a submission in round two. And the difference you saw was, you know, you've seen people knock down Oliveira recently. He's taken some big shots. Michael Chandler 
Dustin Poirier. But nobody's followed up to go down to the ground with him. And Makachev didn't even hesitate. He's like, fuck it. I'm coming. I ain't scared of you. Them, them, them people from Dagestan. You know, Khabib trains him. They're buddies. And he's just, he, he's a mauler, man. He does the kind of, it's the same game plan as Khabib. It's like, we're going to get you. We're going to maul you. We're going to punch just enough to get in. And then if we get you, we're going to go down the ground. We're going to just fucking brutalize you. And that's what he did. So it'll be very interesting to see where they go from here. Who who they match up against him. We got a fun fight coming up in the uh, the lightweight division. At UFC 281, Poirier and Michael Chandler, a couple of my favorite fighters, should be in all action. But yeah, I mean, where do you go from there with with Makachev? I mean, again, we said Poirier, him and Michael Chandler, that's two and five. The winner of that? Probably. And, uh, And other, you know, other news... Alexander Volkanovsky, he was hopped in the ring with with Sterling after the fight. Interesting. That'd be interesting. So, yeah. So, fun fights. You know, the last couple, you know, the last the, the second to last fight hurt by the fact that Dillashaw got injured. So, yeah, like I said, though, UFC 281. There's a good one this weekend. Uh, Calvin Cater, he's fighting Arnold Allen. That's just a, an ESPN Plus card. That'll be a fun fight. Don't really know many people on the one November 5th. But yeah, November 12th. I like the bottom of this card more than I like the top of it. Israel Adesanya, he's going to fight Alex Pereira. I just haven't... Izzy fights recently haven't really done much for me. Uh, Carlos Barla and Wei Li Zhang, that'll be a fun one. But then the bo- like the bottom half of this card, I-, I think I like more than the top half. Dan Hooker, he's fighting Claudio Paluis. Oh, Pews, yeah, whatever. And then Frankie Edward and Chris Gutierrez. And then again, I think the best fight on the card is Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. I think that's going to be fireworks. So that should be fun. Couple, a uh, couple of boxing fights uh, Saturday night. Vasily Lomachenko, he's coming back. He's been out for about a year. Uh, he's fighting Jermaine Ortiz, and uh, all signs if he wins that, he's set up to fight uh, Devin Haney if Haney can still make. Make lightweight in boxing, 135. Be interesting to see there. And then Jojo Diaz, he's fighting William Zapata. That'll be a fun fight. You know, some kind of fringe contenders there. That'll, But it'll be a fun. Should be some action on that. So good stuff. Uh, good stuff to look forward to in the, the fight world. Quick uh, let's uh, quick little golf. Quick little golf update in here. Not, not a whole lot going on here. But Rory wins the CJ Cup. They played that at Congaree in South Carolina. Defends his title there, and the kind of the noteworthy part of this is he becomes world number one again. And kind of, you know, the the interesting part of this is, is you know, basically that he's become world number one in the gaps between. So I believe this is first and last times as world number one. How, I'm, I'm trying to read this tweet, and it, it's a little confused. How hard is sustained greatness? Only three golfers have had 10-plus year gaps between stints at number one. Okay, so just any stint. Tiger was 17 years between first and most recent appearance at world number one. Not shocking, Tiger leads the list. Greg Norman was 11 and a half years. 
people forget how good he was. He's a, being a, a dingling now, but he was really good at golf. Then Rory at ten and a half years. The next closest outside of those three are Nick Faldo and Dustin Johnson at three and a half years. So really the people who've dominated the world golf rankings is what this is showing is obviously Tiger. And the golf rankings didn't start till the eighties, so you know they're Jack was kind of past his time. Tom Watson and you know Arnold Palmer, none of those guys are really in it. But Greg Norman dominated him in the early years. Tiger, obviously, and then Rory's really made a great show of it, despite not having one of a major in now eight years. Which leads me to this: he got the hype train started again. The Roar, I, I'm all back in. I'm all back in on the Rory hype train. He's going to Augusta this year. He's going to win in Augusta. I'm, Rory's going to win in Augusta. You heard it here first. God, I can't wait to be let down on that one. I'm going to get all on the Rory hype train. He ain't even going to contend. Or he'll backdoor something and not actually be in it. Oh, gosh. They also announced all the the elevated PGA Tour events this year. So, the elevated events. This is expected. It's not total announcement, but this is where they think they're going with it. Outside of all the majors as well. Century Tournament Champions in January. February is going to have the Waste Management, Phoenix Open, and then the Genesis. Then March has the Arnold Palmer, the Players, and then the Match Play. April, RBC Heritage, Harbortown. May, Wells Fargo. June gets the Memorial Tournament and Travelers. And then August gets the FedEx Cup, St. Jude, the BMW Championship, and the Tour Championship all playoff events. So... Those will be the elevated events where you'll be seeing more of the top players, apparently. Okay, that's all I had for golf. Told you. Just a little quick one. Could I interest anyone in some passing thoughts? No? Yes? Maybe so? Too bad. They're coming anyway. It's my time for my passing thoughts. So I saw this commercial on TV the other day. It was from a, uh, a company called LabCorp. And they said they were reaching out to healthy, overweight adults. I don't, I don't I don't think you could be one of those. I'll tell you that much. I just don't think that's possible. I think if you're healthy, you're not overweight. And if you're overweight, you're not healthy. And I'm a little overweight myself, people. I, I, I speak from experience. I would have to, you know, lose some pounds to be considered healthy. I don't think you can be healthy and overweight. And I don't know why that's a, that shouldn't be shocking. But I'm guessing if it if you put that out in the world... You'd be called some sort of ist. Fat phobist. You're promoting fat phobia. Love your body. Losers. This is kind of sports related, but kind of not. Mostly sports related. <laughs> uh, Nashville will be getting a domed stadium uh, coming up. I think like $2 billion. But yeah, Nashville to get a domed stadium. Kind of depressing since weather in Nashville, I would imagine, is usually pretty nice in like the fall for football. The idea behind the dome, though, however, is that will allow them to host a Super Bowl as well as a Final Four and other things, WrestleManias, uh, etc. Which, if they put it, you know, pretty cool. The old state, I think they're doing it close to the old stadium. The old stadium's just like across the bridge from Broadway, which makes it pretty cool. You can kind of do all the... You know, you're pre-gaming up and down Broadway and then head on over. So if they keep it over there, I think they are, then that could be pretty cool. God, I heard these two songs. 
these two songs really stuck out to me this past week. First, I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. Heard that song. And that song immediately, immediately makes me think of GTA Vice City. I think it was in like the commercial for it, and you always heard it on the radio driving around in your car. What a great game. You know, all the GTA games are awesome. Vice City, what a what a banger. Flock of Seagulls, the soundtrack to it. Love it. Love it. Uh, another song I heard, We Built This City by Starship. What an absolute banger that song is. Had a great time with that song at my wedding. Yeah, I still got a Snapchat video of it. Many, many, many drunk people in that video. That uh, song came on at the end of the night, but what a great song. Uh, just start to finish, just... What a song. What a song. We built this city. So this one had a fire this weekend. It was great fire weather, like cooler night, but, you know, not freezing cold. So it wasn't like if you weren't two inches from the fire, you were cold. But why do we like fire so much? Like I just had a little fire put out in the backyard and we just have a fire. What What's so, you know, so me- what's so mesmerizing about it? Is it like the, is it the cavemen? Like our deep, you know, Deep down in our DNA, we knew fire brought us out of the depths of whatever fucking sad existence. It was the first thing. You know, we could cook meat, have light, have heat. Is that why? Because, like, deep down we know? Or what? But, yeah, I don't know. Fire's awesome. You just sit there and you, you look at a fire. You just sit out in your yard, have a, have a beer, and look at a fire and just chit-chat, listen to some music, and that's a great time. It's a great time. Oh, I saw this one floating around the social media. They're like, without social media, social media has been like the driver behind the hate for Cheesecake Factory, Red Lobster, and Olive Garden. Now, Olive Garden and, and is obviously not, you know, like true Italian. But hey, man, if you can't find something at Olive Garden that you like, like, hey, I think everybody can get behind unlimited salad and breadsticks. Like the, you know, the $9.99 unlimited salad and breadsticks. I don't know who can't get behind that. And they got some decent meals. Like, hey, is it truly authentic Italian? No. But if you go there thinking you're getting truly authentic Italian, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. So, like, hey, let's get behind this. Red Lobster, again, it's not the greatest seafood in the world. We know that. But there's some dishes. Like, you can get a popcorn shrimp. They got some pastas with some seafood in them. You know, you can get a decent shrimp cocktail. And you guys are going to talk to me like those biscuits. Like them biscuits? Biscuits! You're going to talk about those biscuits and tell me they aren't fantastic? I'm fired up now. I love them biscuits. Them biscuits are awesome. Don't knock them. And then Cheesecake Factory? We're going to knock Cheesecake Factory? If you can't find something you like to eat at Cheesecake Factory, you don't like food. Because they got everything on that menu. Everything. Everything. So, this, uh, more things I saw. So, first... I saw a video, or not a video, a picture of a tweet, and it said, hey, that iPhone box you're still saving? Or here it is. I don't know who needs to hear this, but throw away that box your iPhone came in. You don't need it. You will never need it. I've been guilty of that, keeping that for too long, and then finally, like, throwing it away. Just for, hangs around forever. This was a good one. This is something I've been saying forever. I don't know if who remembers the old Captain Planet cartoon TV show, you know, they'd call up Captain Planet, wind, water, earth, you know, all the little kids. Well, it's doing that, and it's got 
Hulu, Prime, Disney, Netflix, Sling. When your prices combined, I am the same price as cable. I've been saying it for years. I'm like, we're going to get to a point with all these streaming things where you're going to have to get all these different streaming things, and then they're going to start bundling the streaming things together, and it's going to be just like cable and DirecTV and shit like that, but like not as good and seamless to move through. And that's what we're at. Like everybody, you know, you get Prime because you got Amazon Prime. So you get the Prime TV and now you need Prime TV for NFL. Everybody had Netflix. I've actually had this discussion with uh, a couple of friends uh, this week and I, I'm out on like, I'm ready to, there's not much on Netflix that keeps me there. Maybe Cobra Kai's, but that's about done. Like I could go without Netflix. Yeah, but then you need Disney Plus and there's Hulu and, you know, HBO Max. There's all this stuff. And again, it's not as just seamless as just going on DirecTV and being able to pull up the on-demand feature or something like that. But then DirecTV sucks, so you don't want to use them. Good gracious. Speaking of Amazon Prime in this, they, uh, they're going to get a football game on Black Friday next year. I think that's really cool. That Sunday is going to have no games anymore. Because there's teams still on the bye. This is a good question. Are teams still on? There's still bye weeks in the week of Thanksgiving, right? I got to look. Now I got to look. Bear with me. We're doing it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. What a great video that is. Okay, no teams on bye week. So there's, there'll be plenty of games that Sunday. Never mind. Scratch that. But yeah, a Friday, a Black Friday game. That's perfect. Three o'clock. 3 o'clock Eastern, so 2 o'clock in the Central, 1 Mountain, 12 noon out West. That's a great time for a football game on Black Friday. You know, it's kind of a day that's kind of stuck in between. You get a little football in there, have some leftovers. Leftover Thanksgiving dinners. Mmm. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. That'll be great. Another sports-related one. There was a video going around on Instagram, and it's like, Brittany Griner doesn't deserve to spend nine years in Russian prison for having a little weed, but she does deserve it for trying to say she could beat DeMarcus Cousins in a basketball game. And so then it goes through, and it's like interviewing people like, oh, who could win? And of course, like, everybody associated with the WNBA is like, oh, Brittany Griner could hang with him. And Brittany Griner's like, oh, yeah, my skills. And DeMarcus Cousins is like, the best one, though, is Gino Oriyama. He's just like, yeah, she stands no chance. Which she doesn't, by the way. DeMarcus Cousins would fucking dominate her. Dominate her. Uh, Moving on, moving on. What do we got left here? Oh, the ratings for... These are always... These always blow my mind. The ratings for the Tennessee and Bama game, which is probably the best college football game we might have all year. 11.6 million people averaged... Average 11.6 million people. Apparently, it peaked up near 7 million. In comparison, 9 million people watched the Commanders and Bears. That was a terrible game, and it was on Amazon Prime. Only 5.35 million watched Yankees Guardians Game 1. I was one of them. Now, to a standalone Rams Cowboys game. Which is one of the higher rating games they'll see all year. Twenty four point two five million. It's just crazy. 
Oh, sorry, that wasn't. That was a Sunday afternoon Rams Cowboys twenty four point two five. Just nuts. The NBA, the NFL, just absolute hammers with the ratings. Uh, I saw a funny um, hot D meme, House of the Dragon. We'll talk House of the Dragon here. So I'll do one more thing, and then we'll talk House of the Dragon. UNC basketball, number one in the preseason poll. Let's go heels. I'll talk more. I think we're going to talk more NCAA basketball next week. So just quick note, we're going to talk House of the Dragon. Quick meme part, and then I'll go into some more stuff. The the meme, this is kind of spoilery, the meme. And then I don't know exactly what I'm going to say about House of the Dragon. May have some, probably going to have some spoils. So if you want to bow out, uh, the only thing you'll miss is the 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 you know the send off at the end. We will be back next week. So spoiler alert: if you don't want to hear spoilers on House of the Dragon, probably just turn it off. Come see me next week. You've been warned. You have been warned. First, the meme. It had a picture of Otto Hightower and Allison Hightower, and the caption was "the hand and the feet," which. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Pretty weird. Oh, man. That that part of the show, when you're like, what's going And then you're like, oh, no. He's jerking. He's a foot guy. And he's jerking it to her feet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's still Thrones. Like, it's just another name, but it's still this weird shit that Thrones does. And talk about weird shit, man. Ugh. I was listening to a podcast. It was the Game of Stools when they're like, I'm just out on birth in any more House of the Dragon. We had to see, like, the birth this time. Like, did we really need that? Did we really need all that? But I have been so pleasantly surprised with... I don't know if pleasantly surprised. I mean, but I guess a little bit. Because the ending of Thrones was pretty bad. Like, it, it wasn't great. I will, to this day, argue that Daenerys going mad was not an issue of it, though. But, like, yeah, it was rushed, and, you know, it, it was... I don't think it was as bad as most people put it out to be. Just the show was so good for a while. But, yeah, enjoying House of the Dragon. Really liked it. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're not going to get it for two more years, but, man, did they set it up. We're going to war, baby. Aemon and his big-ass dragon ate... What is it? Luke and his little-ass dragon just ate the shit out of him. They lost control of the dragons. The dragons broke contain. The dragons broke contain. And then Rainier looking all pissed. The battle lines have been drawn. It's going to be the Baratheons. And the green is going to be part of the greens. On the blacks, you got uh, the Valerians. Damon and Rainier are Targaryen. They're going out looking for friends. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I think we're going to have to wait two years, though. That sucks, though. So, hopefully they can get it done a little sooner. There is a John Snow spinoff coming. That's That could be bad. Could either be really good or it could be bad. Could either be really good or really bad. Really good or really bad. Well, that's all I got this week, everybody. So, let's go wrap this thing up. Closing time, everybody. Once again, I appreciate all you guys. I appreciate Ethan coming on, talking some baseball with us. He wants to talk World Cup. I don't know about that. But, yeah, I appreciate E filling us in on baseball, letting us know. Let's go, Phils. And, you know, just as always, thank you, guys. I appreciate the support. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back next week. Next week, we are hoping to do a college basketball preview. Hoping to have a guest for that. Don't want to, you know, just that's the idea. That's the idea. Schedules can change, but hopefully we can get that done. So, look forward to doing that. We'll also be talking, you know, 
plenty of football to talk. There's going to be a big game up in Green Bay. I mean, up in Buffalo. Can't wait for that one. You know, college football, a lot of stuff to talk about, as always. So we'll be back next week. As always, I appreciate all you guys. Till then, peace.